0: Welcome into the bear down podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. We host the bear down podcast and also black and Abdallah six to eight weeknights right here on ESPN 1000 the bear down podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app. The bye week is over for the bears. They set their sights on week 15 as the bears host the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday. The Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think many people put them at the top of the board as far as best teams in the NFL. The Eagles come into this contest at 12-1, and and Abdallah, I talked about it on the big show yesterday, I think Philadelphia lays out the blueprint for Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears as you go into the future with a quarterback that hopefully can take the next step once you start putting some weapons around the quarterback into the future, as the Eagles did that last year for Jalen Hurts. So Eagles-Bears this week.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, for the entire season, people have been comparing what Justin Fields and looking at where Jalen Hurts was last year to where Justin Fields is this year. And then trying to see what can the Bears do to surround him with the talent like the the Eagles made a huge move. Go trade for A.J. Brown. Right. Like that was that was the experiment. Should you draft, try to draft an A.J. Brown? And same with the Titans. What should they do? Should they trade away a wide receiver that they don't want to pay and try to draft his replacement? Well, it hasn't worked out very well for them, but it's worked out for (laughs) uh, the Eagles, who now have A.J. Brown, one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, and that makes a ton of difference. Now, there is no trade for the Bears like that to be made, right? There's no number one wide receiver who's disgruntled that we know of right now. A lot of things can play out in the offseason, but they traded for Chase Clay and also they have a very high draft pick, which they probably won't use on a wide receiver, but they can use a second-round pick on a wide receiver. Maybe they trade that first-round pick back, get another first-round pick, so then they can use that one on a wide receiver. But the point is that when the Eagles added, they added weapons. They have added a lot of defensive talent as well, so you have to find ways to stop teams, but this is a team that runs the ball a lot. They use Jalen Hurts a lot, and Jalen Hurts has really taken that step. You and I have covered Jalen Hurts since he was in college, with Chicago's college tailgate. I am a huge biased fan of Jalen Hurts. He played at Alabama. I'm a big Alabama fan. I loved what Jalen Hurts did for that team. I love that he stayed, even though he didn't win the starting job and then having to come in and win the SEC championship. And like the respect I have for Jalen Hurts as a person and as a football player is off the charts and he is consistently and we've talked to football analysts whether it be college or pro that say the same thing he consistently gets better his completion percentage has gone up every single year whether it's in college or the NFL his accuracy gets better his decision making gets better when he should throw the ball away like all that kind of stuff every he learns on the job better than any quarterback i've seen in recent memory, who's taken that jump to the next step, right? Like, Herbert's a good example, too. Like, Herbert, the first year is okay. Josh Allen, for first year, all right, it was okay. And then, like, he took that step. But Jalen, the way that people were talking about him and how this is a make-it-or-break-it year for him and Tua, that Jalen has really come into his own. And that's what you hope. For Justin Fields, because I think we see that progression from Justin Fields every single week. The last game against the Packers, while it was a loss, it was one of his best games, if not the best game, throwing the football despite not having any touchdowns. But just the decisions he was making and the type of throws he was making, it really showed the progressions that he's been making. And hopefully now, with two weeks off... They can add to that, and you can come out against the Eagles and not get blown out by the best team in the NFL.
0: You know what's uh, interesting about that? You mentioned the track record we've had as far as watching college football, talking about college football, having that show, Chicago's College Tailgate, and then taking what we see in college football and then trying to figure out if these players will be something at the next level. I'm looking through the history of quarterbacks being drafted, and, like, we can go back uh, throughout the years But what we've kind of seen is that we've done pretty well in figuring out guys who are going to be good at the next level based on us following college football and hosting Chicago's college tailgate. Now, some of this, uh, it it doesn't, it's not like rocket science, right? Like Mm -hmm. some of this, it's pretty obvious when someone's going to be successful, but we do remember the opinions that we had over some of these quarterbacks throughout the years. So if I go back to 2017, We were definitely in the camp that Deshaun Watson was the best prospect. Oh, yeah. The best player. Hands down. We also questioned why the hell would someone take Mitchell Trubisky (laughs) as early as they did. And I remember thinking that, like, this is like the post playing draft hype. It it's the combine, it's the the throwing in an empty arena with the shorts on. Like the Trubisky thing we didn't buy. Mm -hmm. Neither of us pointed out that Mahomes was the guy. No, I think that Mahomes had talent, but like he wasn't on
1: our radar as as a guy that was the number one.
0: No, the best guy in the NFL. And and so like I remember it was Watson. We said Watson was gonna be the game changer. The next year, twenty eighteen. I was, uh, I was pro Baker. I thought Baker was good. I didn't know he'd be, he, would be, he would be number one. I thought Sam Darnold would be much better. Josh Allen, I did not think would be the best of the group. I liked Lamar Jackson, and I thought that Josh Rosen wasn't going to be very no. good at all. Uh, if we go to 2019, we both were high on Kyler. Kyler Murray was like, we were all about Kyler Murray in that situation.
1: I remember the discussion of whether or not he should go play baseball.
0: Yeah, that was stupid. like Totally dumb? against it. Uh, I don't feel as if we had strong opinions on Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm. Drew Locke, or even uh, any of the others. Statham, Finley, Greer from that 2019 class. I feel class. like we talked
1: about it being a down year for quarterbacks. And like, why wouldn't he... Why wouldn't Kyler go to the NFL? He's going to be the best quarterback out of any of these guys.
0: 2020, Joe Burrow, uh, it was like prove it to us because what he did at, at LSU that final year was incredible. We've never seen anything like that in college football. We were both high on Tua Tunga-Vailoa, uh, a little bit lower on Herbert because what we saw from Herbert at Oregon did not translate to the next level. We were both wrong in that situation. We loved Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. We love Jalen Hurts. We did not understand him being drafted below Jordan Love. We thought Hurts was a guy that had star potential, and and so without going through the rest since 2020, the point in all this is that you're right. We saw Hurts in college, and we said at the next level, this guy's going to be successful. And quite frankly, I think Jalen Hurts is the best person to look at if you're trying to hope for progression for Justin Fields. Fields arguably had more talent than Hurts coming in. Mm-hmm. And and at the moment, through two seasons, uh, through, the, through their second year, Hurts with the Eagles and Fields with the Bears, it looks stat-wise a lot alike. Now the problem here is the Bears have a lot of work to do, a lot more work to do to get this team competitive than what the Eagles had to do from year two to year three for Hurts.
1: Yeah, I think when the Eagles drafted Hurts, they weren't, as bad as the Bears are now, no. right? Like, they, there weren't as many holes to fill like the Bears have. Like, you have to add a couple offensive linemen. You have to add a couple defensive linemen. You know, they're slotted third right now in, in, the, in the draft. So, you know, whether it's Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, we'll debate that for the next four months until the draft, right? Um, or whether they should trade it back. You have to add so much. And the problem is, you can do a lot of it in free agency, but as far as weapons go... As far as wide receivers go, there's not a lot out there. We've talked about the classes. Nelson Aguilar is like the best wide receiver that's going to be a free agent. And if you start reading into some of the mock draft stuff, that yes, there are a lot of wide receivers, it's not as deep as it usually is. Like there's a bunch of first-round guys, there's a few second-round guys, and then it's just like you're just getting guys that are fast. Like they might work out, they might not. Like you're not getting... Uh, as deep of a draft as we've talked about it in before, like last year, two years ago, we've talked about like, this is the wide receiver draft. Like this is the one where you can go four rounds deep on wide receivers. A lot of guys are saying Todd McShay, you know, Mel Kiper jr. The guys at the draft, like all the, all these guys are saying, yeah, there's wide receivers. There's talent. There's a lot of talent. But the bottom drops off at a certain point. It's not as deep as it usually is. Where you're getting a lot of depth this year, and it's probably good for the Bears, is on defense. A lot of the depth can be found on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's uh, you know linebackers or whether it's on the defensive line. So the Bears have a lot of holes to fill there, and hopefully some of that depth can get to them by the time they're picking in the second and third round. Because the first round, they've got the third overall pick that's going to be great if they keep it. But you could see them trading back to try to get more picks because of how deep this draft is. And you're not going to address all of your needs in the draft because you also have $100 million in cap space to spend in free agency before the draft even starts. So we could know. They go out and sign the best offensive tackle, the best defensive tackle in the game. Totally. Okay, well, they're not going to go after Jalen Carter now because they just signed the best defensive tackle in football, like the best free agent. So we're going to know what they're going to do before the draft. So, yeah, we can debate. You can never have enough depth. And I'm sure Jalen Carter, like to me right now, it's a toss-up. I don't care who they draft. Like they're both going. I think they're both going to be great players in the NFL for a bunch of years. Um, but the problem is, are the Bears going to be able to add enough offensive talent to put this team over the edge and take them from a three-win team, which they are now, to an eight- or nine-win team to be a contender to make the playoffs.
0: So my philosophy on this would be you draft the defensive tackle because I think a star defensive tackle stops the bleeding of the run game, which allows you to stay closer in games. hmm And it improves your defense quicker. If you want to win a championship, you absolutely need a game-wrecking edge rusher. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that that's not something the Bears need. I just think the, the thing that would spark improvement defensively the quickest would be making sure the interior is fixed first and then worrying about finding edge rushers. But what if you can pay for that? The edge rusher or the D-tackle? Defensive tackle. Yeah, no, I, I agree with your assessment. Based on how it breaks out, you're going to pay for something in mm-hmm. this offseason, and you'll know where the void is filled. Now, if you say uh, the Bears pay for a wide receiver and they pay for an offensive tackle, therefore, with the number three pick, they're only selecting between an edge rusher defensively or a defensive tackle, that's where I'm giving you this philosophy. Okay. Cuz cuz Yeah. I I I think overall ideally you move back. You hopefully get a pick that's around the top 10. Mm-hmm. You use that pick on a wide receiver because you've spent money elsewhere to get your edge rusher, your defensive tackle and you've worried about it that way. I I assume I'm thinking that when we get to late April, early May and we prep for the draft that the Bears' that the smoke around it is that they're going to move off of that three selection and that they won't be picking between those two players. See, I think it actually
1: helps. If you're in the trade back crowd, I think it helps that they fell to three instead of two. I know you can't get as much, but there's more worry that a team, that that next team is going to take a quarterback, right? Because, like, I don't think anybody thinks
0: the Seahawks are going to take a quarterback. They could, though.
1: They could, but I don't think they're going to.
0: I mean... I watched a lot of that Panther Seahawks game, and it's nice, It's a nice story to say that Geno Smith has definitely... But let's just, let's but like, just say... If you're Seattle, the best route to being great again would yeah. be drafting C.J. Stroud or of Bryce course. Young, the person who doesn't go well But one. let's
1: just say what McShay put out in his mock draft today stays true, right? And that the Seahawks take a defensive player,
0: right? right?
1: Then, to me, it is better for the Bears because that fourth, fifth... Six team.
0: Whoo. can go home now.
1: Yeah, we're watching, we're recording this uh during the Argentina Croatia game. Argentina has taken a 3-0 lead in the 69th minute.
0: Yeah, basically Messi takes uh a lead pass and dribbles it for like half the field Yeah. into the box, keeping possession.
1: He's assisted and scored on all yeah, their goals.
0: Getting today. closer and closer and closer to the goal, and then finally kicks it back out. Goal! Look, right in. I
1: wasn't rooting against Yurko, but I want to see Messi win one.
0: Oh, I don't care. Why? Why? Why do
1: you care that Messi wins one? Because he's the best player of our generation. That's yeah, fine. I don't. Don't you want to see one. him win a World Cup?
0: Yeah, I mean he's won enough.
1: He, not a World Cups.
0: He's won none. For club, he's won enough. He's won no World Cups. No, I know that. Yeah, but, but for you club. know that. Yeah, but you understand that this means more. Yeah, of course it means more. I'm just saying I don't. I don't have a thirst. You're just you're happy that you're happy with
1: like the Iowa and Purdue's winning Big Ten championship games, but not getting into the college football playoff and being like Ohio State, like winning the national championship. It's true. You're just like, nah, I'll take my conference title.
0: No, I mean, if you want to compare Messi to Mar- Mardona and and say, oh well, now he gets a World Cup, so now he's the greatest player of all time. Like I get it.
1: Anyway. <laughs> as I was saying back to Um, the bear down podcast. So my, my point is that look, I am obviously biased in taking Will Anderson, but I think it helps the bears being third than second. This is a weird take, I think, but I think it, I think it helps the bears being third to trade back because there's more of a pressure on teams that might want to take that to get that quarterback that are quarterback desperate.
0: So the bears are back in action this week. Uh, the face off against the Eagles, Matt Eberflus was at Hellas hall on Monday and the Bears are going to get some defensive players back. Brisker and Gordon, they're back this week. Here's the Eberflus.
2: Those guys are off of protocol. Uh, so, you know, uh, Brisker and uh, and Gordon, both are off of protocol. They should be all squared away. It's important for us to be able to ramp those guys up. Uh, they've been working with strength staff and, and doing those types of things and running on the side. But we got to make sure we ramp them up the right way um, coming Wednesday and then working through the rest of the week. Good to get them back. Great. It's great to get him back. We're excited about it. You know, having uh, Gordon there as the nickel. Um, that'll be a big piece for us going forward. You know, a lot of teams play 11 personnel, so we'll be in that group a lot. And then, obviously, the, the impact that Brisker has, you know, with his hitting and his, his ball-hawking skills. Uh, so, we're excited to get both those guys back.
0: So, there's Matt Eberflus. He also talked about what he wants to see from Kyler Gordon in the final four games. A bit of an up-and-down year to mm-hmm. this point for Gordon. Um, some really good plays, and then also uh, some situations where. Clearly, he's a rookie. Clearly, he's learning, and and things need to be adjusted. Here's Zebraflus. What do you want to see from Gordon going forward?
2: Yeah, just uh, you know, he's done a lot of good things, you know, and he's done uh you know, you know, various skill sets that he has, and just really just consistency, you know, you know, he's you know had games where he's tackled really well, and then games where he's had opportunities where he wish he had done better. So, um, I would just say to uh, to really more consistent over the last four games.
0: One of the bright spots of this defense, and I know there, there's not many this year. We're talking rookie players how about jack sanborn and the emergence the moment that roquan smith was traded mm-hmm. sanborn has been very good for the bears at linebacker here's zebra what do you like from sanborn to this point this year
2: yeah sanborn's been good uh he's been consistent you know with his with his play um really you know when i talk to linebackers it's about hits on the ball you know so can you can you affect the ball you know are you tackling are you punching the ball are you taking the ball away? Um, you know, he's had a lot of tackles. Um, he's improved his tackling last week without we his tackling was better. Um, I would say his ball production probably needs to improve. What, what do you see now in him that maybe wasn't seen in the draft process? What quality well, does he have that, that you know, you would... I would just you know, say that, yeah, just as a rookie, the ability to handle, you know, the huddle and, and be able to make calls and adjustments along the way. Um, that's been pretty cool for him to watch, you know, us to watch that.
0: So there you go, Sanborn, a fan favorite for the Chicago Bears. Having a great season, filling in once Roquan Smith was traded away.
1: Yeah, look, I don't think he's up to the caliber that Roquan Smith is, but he's a nice piece, and if he turns into a player that, and you don't have to fill a need at that position because that position isn't, you know, very... Uh, I wouldn't say important it's very important obviously on the defense but not in this defense necessarily like if you're like okay now we don't need to pay a linebacker like let's spend more money on a defensive tackle or a defensive end and that kind of thing like he's serviceable right there right like, he's fine just don't screw up don't be below replacement level linebacker <laughs> right so I think he's been able to do that and it's a it's a good story. He's hopefully going to be a player that turns into something, and then you found a diamond in the rough somewhere, and that that's good for the Bears.
0: So that's the defensive side of things. Eberflus talked about on Monday. Uh, he also talked about what's the next step for the offense. Four games to go. Justin Fields, Claypool, both will be out there. Can the Bears do something offensively? Kind of take it to the next level. Here's Eberflus.
2: Yeah, I would just say, you know. Uh... You know, obviously, we've done a lot of good things over the last several weeks uh, to continue, continue to improve the passing game. You know, the rhythm and timing of that—I think got that improved last week. Uh, we want to continue that, and then really just uh, you know about finishing. You know, it's for our whole football team. You know, finishing games and finishing the half the right way, and finishing the games the right way, and that's really a whole a whole team effort you know, to be able to finish those things out, offense, defense, and kicking. So um, that'll be the biggest emphasis.
0: And Eberflus, thoughts on the passing game last week against Green Bay. Fields probably looked his best in the pocket. Here's Eberflus.
2: Yeah, it was great. Like we said, it was really good. You know, throwing you know 250-some yards, that was great. Uh, you know, the completion percentage was good. We thought the rhythm was good. The timing was good. Uh, picking various targets out, I think it was really nice. Uh, you know, But, uh, again, we could take our passing game a lot of different ways, but it was certainly good last week.
0: So there you go. Matt Eberflus at Hallis Hall on Monday as the Bears prepare to face off against the Eagles this week.
2: Yeah, it's
1: going to be a tough test. And, you know, we've talked about it with uh, with Matt and I'll say it every time. We talked about it with Matt Nagy. We talked about it with uh, Coach Eberflus. They've had two weeks to prepare. They are more than a touchdown underdog. They're an eight-point underdog right now to the Eagles. Uh, don't get blown out. Show up. You've had two weeks to prepare for this game. you've had, to, And we saw what they did with 10 days to prepare against the Patriots. I'm not expecting them to win this game, but it would be nice if they came out and competed in this game. I think that the Eagles are going to blow the doors off of them in this defense, but uh, you never know. Crazier things have happened.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a situation where the, the game's not going to really be that competitive because I, I assume the way the game script will go is – the Bears' offense may be able to score a little, but they're not going to be able to stop the Eagles' offense. So it's going to be like it's going to resemble, um, I think, a little like that Jets game slash the the Cowboys game. Where the Cowboys game, it was just every single time Dallas touched the football, they scored. Mm -hmm. In the first half against the Jets, every time the Jets touched the football, they scored. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be the same situation here. The Bears' offense may have a little success, but really, the defense isn't going to be able to stop Philly, and this should not be close.
1: No, but we, we said the same thing against the Cowboys, and the Cowboy, they were competitive in that Cowboys game until Justin Fields decided not to tackle anyone and, and leave uh, someone with a ball untouched. No, but they scored on that deep. But they scored on that deep. I understand. Yeah, it was yeah. a shootout. I understand. But they scored on that number one. At the time, the number one defense.
0: They scored on them. The defense won't be able to stop Philly.
1: No, absolutely not. And no, Darnell Mooney is going to hurt them, but I feel like that they score, just score a little bit. Please, please make this better than more than
0: just a half of a game, please. You can listen to Black and Abdallah weeknights 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000 and the Bear Down podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app. We'll be back on Thursday to preview Bears and Eagles week 15 in the NFL. We'll talk to you then.